The following presentation is a Barrett Sports Media production. Recognizing the unsung heroes of sports media. I'm stuck in this pit, working for less than slave wages, working on my day off. This is the Producers Podcast with Brady Farkas. I'm the executive producer. Oh, you're the executive producer. And it starts now. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Barrett Sports Media Producers Podcast. Today, we talk with Zach Blopner. He's the producer for Ronnie and T. Crass at WDAE in Tampa. I'm very, very curious to hear about how you program for and how you produce for a program in the Tampa market, because we've got a lot of perceptions about Tampa and about Florida on the outside. I want to see which of those, if any, are actually true. So here's Zach Blobner. WDAE in Tampa. Florida, at least from the outside, is seen as this giant transplant community, so we don't exactly know what people in in Florida talk about. How would you describe Tampa itself? Laid back uh, probably comes to mind first, uh, more so than transplant. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong, that's obviously a big part of our market is a lot of people that have moved into town and aren't originally from here in terms of the teams they support, you know, the types of personalities that they want to listen to, at least when they arrive. But I think there is enough people now, even opposed to like a decade ago or 20 years ago that were either born or at least raised in the Tampa Bay market. So I think there's enough meshing now with the transplants that there's the core fan base that does grow up with this team in this area and enough of the transplants that are willing to kind of shift their affiliation that you don't notice that aspect as much as you might have in the past. But the laid back feeling, I think, is still very prevalent in terms of, you know, just the support, the getting too high versus getting too low. And, you know, there are pros and cons to that, but I would say laid back. I'm curious about you as a producer, kind of how you go about helping plan a show in the Tampa market, because it's at least a national perception that nobody in Tampa cares about baseball and people don't go to the games and the Rays are a laughing stock, et cetera. But they're also quite good. So what exactly does that reflect in your planning of a show and your guys executing of a show? How much do you talk baseball there, given, again, what we think you know is going on in Tampa? I mean, first of all, NFL is king. Football is king. Um, there's no way around that, right? Like, even on the, the Rays' best day, it's hard for them to compete with the Buccaneers, especially when Tom Brady's the quarterback. But even in general, even when it was Jameis, even Josh Freeman before him, Mike Glennon, like some of the other quarterbacks that obviously aren't the greatest to ever play the game, football's still always going to take precedent. Um, and I don't think it's – again, there's a, a idea that it's – the Rays and it's Tampa Bay. But I think in general, a lot of the struggles we have in terms of getting into baseball content or baseball related, not necessarily Rays related. I would say actually the fact that there is so much discussion around the Rays and why they don't work in town creates easy content for us. I mean, if we're having a slow day, which we really don't, at least lately, like we've been really lucky here, obviously with all the titles the last few years and the runs that we haven't had many slow days, but there's certain things we can always go to from a content standpoint that we know will pop. The Ray stadium situation is probably the lowest hanging fruit left in our market from a sports standpoint and a debate standpoint. So that chatter is always there, whether people feel staunchly that like it's, it's over dramatic, overblown, or people think that it's a dead team walking or whatever. That's always an easy talking point for us. And so from a content standpoint, it really is easy for us 
to get into Rays when we decide to. But in terms of overtaking the Bucks or even a big college slate collectively for all the Florida teams, um, you know, it just depends. I think the way that I kind of gear it with my guys and myself is what is the conversation? If the conversation is an update on the Rays score and how they won or lost the game, that it, to me isn't a conversation. That's a sports update you can get on your phone. Mm. But if there was a controversial move like Shane McClanahan, the ace for the Rays, the best pitcher, he gets pulled an inning or two earlier than he should have. Well, that's chatter. We can have that chat and it might push it into it might be the topic of the day, at least where we start. When McClanahan got hurt, injuries to your main players are always something that'll push that chatter and 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 make it the topic a on on a day where it otherwise might not be. Um, so it just depends. But you know, I think overall, it's just a matter of how do you make games out of 162 seem important when realistically they don't feel important until August and really September. You know, I'm really curious in every market about the role of a producer on their specific show or their specific station because everybody has their different process. So is it your job to plan the show fully and those guys just execute what you put down or do they plan the show fully and they're looking for just support from you kind of what is your specific role on Ronnie and Tcress? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, and it's one that honestly has grown. Like we're very lucky, I think, and all three of us agree to be at a point where we can almost finish each other's sentences in terms of like thoughts and content. And there will be days where we're like, where do we want to start? You know, what do we want to do? But really we come in and we're like, this is where we're starting. We're all on the same page. We'll chit chat a little bit about it. And if we feel like pretty quickly, we'll know it's the right move. And if it's not, then we discuss, then we're like, okay, do we want to do that? Or if somebody disagrees, like, let's say, I used McClanahan, but let's say uh, Tyler Glass now got an extension, yeah. right? Big deal. Is it big enough to overtake, you know, Brady playing against the Colts in a preseason game to wrap up after a hiatus? Probably not, but it's worth us at least discussing and how we want to work that in. Do we go to it faster than we would if, if that news wasn't there in terms of going Rays versus Bucks? So it is a conversation, you know, at the beginning of the day, I'm the first one in. I have plenty of time ahead of them. I get everything set up that I think we might use. And then once we're in and we're, we're set for the morning prior to actually breaking the airwaves, it's like, okay, what do you guys want out of this? Where are we at? Who do we want to, you know, discuss the most what are the talking points and again a lot of it's natural and i would kind of credit to man like just the social media age now it's not like between twitter and group texts and like everything else we're in constant communication so it's not like we cut the show and then we don't talk again until the next one i mean there's a lot of times where during a game or during news i'm probably tweeting with those guys the yeah. same two guys ronnie and tom so we already have some ideas um of where we can kind of have that chat and that conversation and, and again, we kind of let the audience dictate, um, you know, if for whatever reason we were getting a ton of calls and texts on, let's just say the lightning because of somebody they signed. And we were like, we think bucks should be one, but clearly this discussion is hot and heavy. Maybe we do go that route. So we feel really good about what we do as a team, but on the same page, we're not, not open to listening to the audience, maybe trying to push us in a different direction. I'm also curious about as you're show prepping, kind of the level of involvement in your show prep. And, and what I'm getting at is I've talked to hosts before who literally will write out 
almost word for word their show. It's not that they're scripting it, but they just want to remember everything that they're thinking as they think it. So they will write out copious notes. I've also been with hosts that can literally do a whole show off one bullet point here and one bullet point there. Kind of what's your show prep process and what the hosts are bringing into the show with them? It's weird because it's so different, right? Each three of us has a different route that we go in terms of the prep. Uh, Tom, T-Crash, like he is a little bit more meticulous. He's got, I think it's more bullet point style. And he kind of has ideas of where he wants to go. He'll write out his teases. Like he knows Mm -hmm. how, at least where we're going. Maybe if not the entire meat of the sandwich, he's got the bread, the top and bottom ready for each segment of each hour. And, And we, he get, that's how he directs. And I'm very similar if I'm like filling in or if I'm doing a different show on the producer side, I don't do that as much because I don't have that pressure to like get us from A to B. I'm on my side. I feel a very, I feel a lot more relaxed on the producer side just because of how many things are at my disposal in terms of sounds and, 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 you know, uh, just different things that I can be doing. And there's not as much pressure for me to necessarily carry just from talking at certain points that it's so much more stress-free, but, but Tom does the bullet points and, and Ronnie, I think, similarly has like two or three things he's more of like a tabs guy Mm -hmm. he doesn't necessarily have like a word doc with a bunch of stuff but he'll have all of his tabs ready and then he can just click from one to one as we get to topic to topic um and and that's really helpful but again all three different right like so it just meshes together in a way that i think really works well for us and it ultimately goes back to whether it's the way that tom preps or ronnie preps or that i prep the thing that really makes it cohesive is that we're all on the same page and we we would be doing this anyways. Like if we were off and we were hanging out at, let's say we got lunch, we'd be having the same chat, just wouldn't be over three hours and there wouldn't be commercial <laughs> breaks. You know, I've also talked with other producers about kind of how you find that sweet spot of when and how to contribute. So I guess this is kind of more of an advice question that you would have to producers. But, you know, when to talk. How much to talk? When to jump in? Can you jump in freely or do you need to be kind of given the mic and when to play a drop so you're not messing with the rhythm of the show? Kind of just take me through kind of that process, maybe from an advice standpoint. Yeah, it's definitely specific to the hosts, um, 1000%. Uh, you you want to make sure you're on the same page with them. And I think more than anything, communicate. Like, don't be afraid to ask your hosts whether you've known them forever or you just met them. What are you comfortable with? Do you want to call on me? Do you want me to just pop in whenever? Do you want me to raise my hand? Like it, like there's just however they prefer it, it's their show. And I think, you know, early on, again, we're at a place now where I feel so comfortable that I, I approach it differently. I, I approach it as what would I say to Ronnie or to, to Tom, even if the mics were off, because we're good in a comfort spot. But for most of my time with them and most of the other shows I've been on, I always ask myself like subconsciously, Am I cracking the mic for me, for them, or for the audience? And as long as the answer isn't for me, if I'm not like, I just want to say something or I want to get this opinion out because I think it it matters, I should always be talking to help them out or because I think it'll help the audience in in their experience. Now, again, I'm to a point now, at least with this show specifically, where, yeah, you know what? Sometimes it'll just be because I I like my opinion a little (laughs) bit more, especially if it's something I feel more passionate about, right? So we were talking about discussion versus update in terms of content. Well, if there's like a raise or a bucks debate, like, okay, so Tom Brady, why he was gone. Well, if Ronnie and Tom have the same opinion on it, it's not really going to have the same juice as if I have a differing opinion. Well, I'm going to interject more because then I'm going to kind of get them going a little bit more. There's going to be more spice and flavor to the chat. 
So, but even then, again, I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for their chat, which ultimately ultimately is for the audience. So that's my approach. Am I am I talking to because I want to talk, or am I talking because I feel like I'm helping my host and my show become better and have a better segment? And if the answer is yes to that, you're always good to go. The Lightning won two of the last three titles, and they've just been a juggernaut the last few years. But Florida in general is not a market we from the outside think of as being hockey rich. But, you know, so I know people go to lightning games. Do people want to hear that on the radio? Does it drive conversation a lot? Or is it just like a niche fan base that's crazy at the games, but it doesn't really affect your audience as much? It's so tough because it's more so the second way you phrased it. Um, Now, the niche audience that's there is as passionate, if not more passionate, than any of the other sports fan bases in our town, and that includes football. The problem is is there's just not as many of them throughout the course of the year as football. So when you look at the Lightning, yeah, there's passion there. People like them. They sell out Amelie. Like the the in-person product that the Lightning put out is is great. It's great. It probably is the best we have in our market, honestly, for the game day experience, including all the teams. You know, that being said, when it comes to sports debate and next morning conversation for us, rarely does it kind of get to a level where we will have it front of mind and be topic A. And, you know, we do have a lot of people that reach out throughout the course of the regular season. Playoffs is different. We can talk lightning nonstop and playoffs and people will eat it up and we're into it too. Um, But in the regular season, it's tough. And and it's tough. Even if we have people reaching out, they're like, what about the bolts? When are you guys going to talk about this game or with the stretch that they've been on and really barring like a major injury, it's, it's tough to kind of push them to the forefront because, and we have, you know, just like anything, we have numbers and demographics that kind of support or, you know, push us in a direction of what makes sense. The lightning fan base just tunes out. It, we get more tune outs than tune ins when we go heavy mm-hmm. hockey again, outside of the postseason, and, and that's kind of for any of the sports, they're always going to take precedent in the postseason. but um, regular season. Yeah, it's tough. And, and it's crazy because again, if we go to Amelie, all of our listeners are there. The audience is there. They're very into it. But on a random Tuesday, m- the majority of sports fans in our area would rather hear what's going on at like practice for the Bucks mm. than what happened in a game for the Lightning. And, and that's similar to the Rays, but even on a lesser level, I would argue. Last question. What would be your advice to a young or new producer? Kind of thing number one that they should know. I love this question because this is something I've tried to, to tell people all the time as they've gotten into the business, specifically with the producer role. Cause there's a lot of ways to like, you know, answer how can I get into this field or like, where do I start or how do I handle a podcast versus being on air? And I, I for me, the specific question of like advice to new producers on shows is don't make it about you. Cause too many producers get into that role and they're like, I'm a part of this. This is me. Let's go. You're there to support. You're there to make the product better. And don't get me wrong. You should have your slice of that. Like you should be involved, but you can't approach it that way. If you approach it that way, it's less likely to happen. In my opinion, if you approach it from how can I make my hosts have a better product? How can I make this show or this segment a better show or segment? then it's naturally going to get to the point where you reap some of the rewards and you are more embedded. You are more a third chair per se than a producer. That's in honesty, like a level below the hosts. So if you do the producer role the right way and you're focused on being the best producer you can be versus being the best on air product or talent that you can be, you'll get to a point naturally, in my opinion, organically and effectively to where you are just embedded in a big part of that show. And I, I mean, again, I can only speak from my own experience, 
but I worked in Jacksonville for a few years and I felt like that was the case. And now with Ronnie and Tom here in Tampa, it's similarly, like I just, I feel like I've done such a good job and focused on them and the show so heavily for so many years that there's no wall between us. They let me be as big of a part of the show as I want or as little a part of the show on a day to day. And I think that's them in theory, rewarding me for all the hard work I put in, not actually trying to be a part of the show, if that makes sense. Zachman, I appreciate it. Uh, congrats on all the success, and we'll do it again down the road. Thank you. Cheers, man. I think Zach's last point there, absolutely dead on. And it was the biggest mistake I made as a producer. Just thinking how quick until I can get on the air, how quick until I can get a show. Zach makes the point very, very clearly. Be the best producer that you can, and those other opportunities will come to you. Also thought it was very interesting to hear his thought on hockey in his market and how much or how little to talk about it. And maybe that's something that could expand to some of you and some of your markets when you have a rabid fan base, but still more of a niche fan base thinking about how much you talk about them. Zach was great, knew he was insightful before I even spoke to him, walked away even more impressed. We'll see you on the next episode, everybody, of the Barrett Sports Media Producers Podcast. You don't want to believe it, but maybe the show is over. Thank you for listening to the Producers Podcast. To enjoy past and future episodes, check out iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, the iHeart app, and BarrettSportsMedia.com. 